The United States is threatening war with China. It would be very difficult for me to overstate how extremely dangerous this is. Washington is threatening World War III, risking potential nuclear war that could destroy life on planet Earth. And in this analysis today, I'm not only referring to the extremely provocative and dangerous trip that Nancy Pelosi, the Speaker of the U.S. House of Representatives, took to Taiwan, basically announcing U.S. support for secessionist forces against China. That was extremely dangerous. I'll be talking about that trip today, but I'm going to be showing a lot of other evidence detailing how the U.S. military has been preparing for war with China, that many think tanks in Washington are calling for Taiwan to be armed with nuclear weapons. Top U.S. government officials are calling for recognizing Taiwan as a supposedly independent country. The U.S. has already been sending tens of billions of dollars of weapons to Taiwan. And the U.S. has troops in Taiwan and is encouraging secessionist forces preparing to start a war. As I'll show in this analysis later, in fact, a former so-called former CIA agent who oversaw operations in China recently wrote an, an article openly calling for the U.S. to wage war on China over Taiwan. So this is not just my analysis. This is not just my opinion. This is what many top U.S. government officials are saying. They want a war with China. They want World War III. In addition to the proxy war that the United States is already waging on Russia in Ukraine. And there are so many parallels, in fact, to the war in Ukraine, which I've done many episodes explaining was created by the United States and NATO. That war in Ukraine is very similar to the war that the U.S. is trying to start in Taiwan against China. There's a very similar path to conflict. The U.S. supporting, you know, forces that want to have a coup. The U.S. supported a coup, orchestrated a coup in Ukraine in 2014. There, the U.S. has been flooding Ukraine with tens of billions of dollars of weapons, just as the U.S. has been flooding Taiwan, which is part of China, with tens of billions of dollars of weapons, encouraging extremist forces. Now, one of the differences is that Taiwan is actually part of China. Taiwan is a province of China, and the United Sta States itself acknowledged that Taiwan is part of the People's Republic of China back in 1972 when U.S. President Richard Nixon visited China and normalized relations with China, recognizing the People's Republic of China for the first time after the 1949 Communist Revolution. So in the very fabric of U.S.-Chinese relations is based on the recognition of the one China policy. Taiwan is a province of China, like Hong Kong, like Tibet, like Xinjiang. Now, the United States has been supporting separatist, extremist, secessionist movements in all of those Chinese provinces I just named. Because the U.S. goal is to break up China. I did a video and a podcast about a congressional session held this 2022, this year, in which... Congress people and these neoconservative forces in Washington talked about plans to try to break up Russia in the name of decolonization. That is exactly what the United States has been trying to do in China. And Taiwan is a key part of this. So 
I want to go through mainstream media reports and acknowledge facts that are undeniable that even mainstream corporate media propaganda outlets have admitted about the U.S. threatening China with military forces around in the Taiwan Strait, with billions of dollars of weapons for Taiwan, with U.S. troops inside Taiwan, which is part of China. But I'll start with Nancy Pelosi's trip. Today is August 2nd, and Nancy Pelosi, the Speaker of the U.S. House of Representatives, visited Taiwan and basically declared that Taiwan is an independent country, which it is not. Once again, even the U.S. government has acknowledged in the three communiques which established U.S.-Chinese relations that Taiwan is part of China. She referred to, to Taiwan basically as an independent country. And we need to understand that Nancy Pelosi cannot have done this without the support of the White House. Nancy Pelosi is the second in line for presidential succession. So after Biden, there's the vice president. So the president, Joe Biden, vice president, Kamala Harris. And then after vice president in the line of presidential succession is the speaker of the House of Representatives. That means that Nancy Pelosi is the third most important figure in the U.S. government. She's also from Joe Biden's party. She's a Democrat. She's a leader of the Democratic Party. There is no way that she would have made this decision without the support of the White House. This is a major act of aggression and provocation. Imagine if the United States was faced, what would the U.S. do if China sent the third in command of the Chinese government to California and that Chinese government official met with leaders of the Californian secessionist movement after selling them billion, tens of billions of dollars of weapons, after deploying Chinese troops to California, and then said that California is an independent democracy. That is what the U.S. is doing to China. This is basically an act of war. And China has made that very clear, saying, this is our red line. Just as Russia was saying, Ukraine joining the offensive U.S.-led NATO imperialist cartel crossed Russia's red line. Just as former U.S. ambassador to Russia and current CIA director William Burns warned in a 2008 embassy cable released by WikiLeaks, this is crossing Russia's red line. Now, Nancy Pelosi is blatantly crossing China's red line, trying to start a war with China after starting a war with Russia. But it's not just Pelosi. I mean, that is extremely provocative and dangerous. But there also are other elements of this that are very dangerous that aren't getting that much coverage in mainstream corporate media. Here's a report in Reuters from today, August 2nd, acknowledging that in addition to Pelosi visiting Taiwan, the U.S. Navy also deployed four warships east of Taiwan. Here, four U.S. warships, including an aircraft carrier, were positioned in waters east of Taiwan as Pelosi was visiting Taiwan. So this is a blatant military threat to China while the third in command of the U.S. government is encouraging secessionist forces in Taiwan. And that's not it. Here is a report in Stars and Stripes, which is a U.S. military propaganda outlet boasting of how the former Secretary of Defense of the United States was blatantly calling for supporting secessionism and turning Taiwan basically into a U.S. colony. This is from July 20th. 
less than two weeks before Nancy Pelosi's dangerous provocative trip. The headline is Navy Transit Taiwan Strait as Esper in Taipei calls for end to one China policy. This is basically that would be this would mean the end of U.S. Chinese relations, which would mean basically war. It would be complete breaking off of U.S. diplomatic relations with China. That's what he's calling for. This is the former Secretary of Defense under Donald Trump. Here, I'll summarize this, this article here. Former Defense Secretary Mark Esper said the U.S. One China policy has, quote, outlived its usefulness. He said this in Taiwan hours before another U.S. warship passed through the Taiwan Strait. He was leading a delegation from the Atlantic Council, and the Atlantic Council is basically an arm of NATO. It is funded by NATO. It's funded by the U.S. government. It's one of the most powerful, influential think tanks in Washington, and it, it's an arm of NATO. So the former defense secretary, the former head of the Pentagon, the U.S. Department of Defense, Mark Esper, he described China as, quote, the greatest challenge facing the democracies of the West. And he called for the U.S. to, quote, move away from strategic ambiguity. This means recognizing Taiwan as an independent country, which means war with China. Joe Biden, the current U.S. president, has repeatedly threatened war with China, saying that if China does forcible reunification of Taiwan, the U.S. is going to militarily intervene. That means World War III with China. Of course, Russia will be involved as well because the U.S. is already waging war on Russia through Taiwan, uh, through Ukraine. This is extremely dangerous. Mark Esper is not some random person. He was the former head of the U.S. military. I should also mention, by the way, a vice president and lobbyist for Raytheon, the top U.S. military contractor and weapons corporation. And of course, Mark Esper is a Republican. He was under Trump, the current U.S. Secretary of Defense Lloyd Austin, who, who openly admitted that the U.S. proxy war in Ukraine is a proxy war on Russia. He said the U.S. goal is to weaken Russia via Ukraine. Well, Lloyd Austin, by the way, was also, until he became defense secretary, a member of the board of directors of Raytheon. And of course, Raytheon is making billions of dollars off of the proxy war against Russia, and it's making billions of dollars off of the weapon sales to Taiwan. So U.S. government officials, these corrupt U.S. government officials and lobbyists, they're making money. Big corporations in the military industrial complex are making money. And they're quite literally threatening World War III and nuclear war. So when I say that nuclear war is a very real possibility, that's not hyperbole. Here's an article in CNN, a blatant U.S. government propaganda outlet, published in May 2021. U.S. military considered using nuclear weapons against China in 1958 Taiwan Strait Crisis. So Taiwan used to have basically a U.S. military base with thousands of U.S. troops from the 1950s until the end of the 1970s. Here's this article in CNN acknowledging, military planners in Washington push for the White House to prepare plans to use nuclear weapons against mainland China during the Taiwan Strait Crisis in 1958. That is to say, the U.S. military leadership command was preparing to murder millions of Chinese people in a nuclear war that could have led to nuclear winter and global apocalypse in order to 
prevent China from forcibly reunifying Taiwan. This is this information was published by Daniel Ellsberg, the famous whistleblower who leaked the Pentagon Papers, which revealed the criminality and lies of the murderous, borderline genocidal U.S. war in Vietnam that killed between three and potentially 3.8 million Vietnamese people. So this article in CNN noted that it was already public knowledge that the Eisenhower administration debated whether to use nuclear weapons to deter, deter China from attacking Taiwan. U.S. military leaders insisted that the U.S. would have no alternative but to conduct nuclear strikes deep into China as far north as Shanghai. So, once again, the U.S. had many plans prepared to wage nuclear war with China over Taiwan back in the 1950s. And today, we see think tanks in Washington and also other U.S. proxies and allies calling for nuclear weapons for Taiwan that could lead to nuclear war. Here is the Australian Strategic Policy Institute. It's funded by the Australian government and the Australian military. It's also funded by the U.S. government and other Western governments. And as they broadcast blatantly on their website, it's funded by U.S. and European weapons corporations, including Lockheed Martin. They even have like a, an ad for Lockheed Martin right at the top of their website. This is an article they published in December 2022 called Would a Nuclear Arm Taiwan Deter China? Of course, they say it would. This is them calling for arming Taiwan with nuclear weapons. That is threatening nuclear war with China. Here is another report or op-ed at the right-wing neoconservative think tank in Washington, the American Enterprise Institute, AEI, funded by the Koch oligarchs and other billionaire oligarchs and big corporations saying, yes, Taiwan needs nuclear weapons to deter China. So a blatant call in November 2021 for the U.S. to arm Taiwan with nuclear weapons for a potential nuclear war with China from a mainstream right-wing neoconservative think tank in Washington. Here is a recent article from March 2022 in the Boston Globe, a major newspaper, to avoid Ukraine's fate Taiwan needs nuclear missiles now. There are a lot of people in Washington calling for the U.S. to give Taiwan nuclear weapons, threatening a nuclear war with China as the U.S. threatened back in the 1950s. How insane do you have to be? Think about how dangerous this is. What could be more dangerous than the possibility of nuclear war destroying life on this planet? Now, what's not that well known is, as I said, from the 1950s until the 1987, late 1970s, excuse me, the U.S. had a U.S. military command structure in Taiwan. This is a website of the U.S. Army for Veterans talking about an old U.S. military structure called the U.S. Taiwan Defense Command, USTDC, United States Taiwan Defense Command. This was from the 1950s and the 1970s. You can see the patch here, the USTDC patch. The U.S. had thousands of troops in Taiwan. Here you can see a graph of the number of U.S. troops in Taiwan from starting in 1951 until 1978. And at first there were a small amount at the end, and then it peaked in 1958 
with over 18,000 U.S. troops deployed to Taiwan. Of course, that was during the 1958 Taiwan Strait Crisis, in which the U.S. was threatening to murder millions of Chinese people with nuclear war. And we also see that even throughout the 1960s, the U.S. had over 8,000 troops in Taiwan, thousands of troops, and Taiwan was preparing to use nuclear weapons. So it is not in any way hyperbole to say that the U.S. is trying to basically turn Taiwan back into a military base for the U.S. military to threaten mainland China with nuclear weapons. Here is an article in a Washington, D.C. military insider website. They boast of that. It's called War on the Rocks. You can see at the top of their website, they describe themselves as national security for insiders by insiders. It's a it's an establishment an establishment website in Washington that you know it represents the perspective of these warmongers in Washington. The title is Reestablish the US Military Assistant it's being cut off here by my screen. Reestablish the US Military Assistance Advisory Group Taiwan. So a blatant call for putting more U.S. troops back in Taiwan. This is by people in Washington who are part of the military-industrial complex bubble. Now, there are U.S. troops in Taiwan right now, which again, is part of China. The U.S. government technically on paper recognizes that Taiwan is part of China. Although, of course, what we're seeing is that the U.S. is pushing for war with China and trying to support secessionist movements in Taiwan to use Taiwan as a base of operations for the U.S. military to wage war on China. This is an article in U.S. regime propaganda outlet Voice of America. This was created by the CIA and is funded by the U.S. government. It is a U.S. regime propaganda mouthpiece. This was published in December 2021, boasting U.S. nearly doubled military personnel stationed in Taiwan in 2021. That was the first year of the Biden administration. So the U.S. has forces, military forces in Taiwan, training these extremist secessionists. And they are preparing for war. It's not my opinion. Here is a, a white paper, a policy paper written by the RAND Corporation, which was created by the Pentagon, the U.S. Department of Defense. And it's funded by the U.S. military. The RAND Corporation is an outsourced arm of the U.S. military. It does research for the U.S. military, making plans for war. And this was published back in 2016. And it was showing that the U.S. has been preparing for war with China, going back to the first Obama administration and the so-called pivot to Asia that was started by the Hillary Clinton State Department. And you can even go back to the project for the new American century, all of these neoconservatives who were in the Bush administration, these Republican neocons, they became the architects of the Iraq war. Well, back in the project for the new American century, they were also calling for war with China decades ago. And one of the co-founders and directors of the project for the new American century, Robert Kagan, is the husband of the third in command of the U.S. State Department right now under Joe Biden, under Anthony Blinken, who's secretary of state. She's the assistant secretary of state, Victoria Newland, a hardcore mouth-foaming neoconservative who oversaw the 2014 U.S.-sponsored coup in Ukraine and is now overseeing the proxy war against Russia and Ukraine. Well, she and other neoconservative figures like her husband, Robert Kagan, and these other hawks in Washington have been pushing for a war on China for many years. Here is a policy paper from the Rand Corporation from 2016 titled 
War with China. Thinking through the unthinkable. Now, of course, they go through the motions saying that we don't want a war with China. It would be a tragedy, tragedy, blah, blah, blah. They always say that. We don't want a war with Russia. We don't want a war with Vietnam. We don't want a war with Korea. But we have to do it because the U.S. empire has no other option. Whatever. That's the typical propaganda. But this shows that the U.S. military has been preparing for war with China for many years now. It has been preparing war plans. Ironically, in many of those war plan scenarios, war game scenarios, that is, the U.S. has done all these war game scenarios. And in, in pretty much all of them, Washington actually loses the war with China. So that's uh, another thing to consider here. But anyway, they're still threatening World War III and potential nuclear war. They note that this analysis from the RAND Corporation illuminates various paths a war with China could take and their possible consequences. They, said, they know that the conflict could be decided by domestic, political, international, and economic factors. Emphasis on domestic, right? With all the incredible domestic problems that the U.S. is facing, you know, uh, mass inflation, economic problems, growing inequality, growing poverty, growing, uh, you know, unease, uh, growing um, lack of confidence in the government, in institutions, 7% ap uh, approval for Congress. 30, 31% approval for Joe Biden. I mean, uh, the U.S. is facing this massive internal crisis, massive police brutality, constant mass shootings, systemic racism. I mean, the U.S. is extremely dysfunctional and very few people support the government. 11% of people believe, 11% of North Americans believe the TV media. I mean, it's a, it's a completely dysfunctional, authoritarian, oligarchical, undemocratic society. And the U.S. would very much like to distract from those domestic problems with more and more wars around the world in order to try to maintain the U.S. global dictatorship of the U.S. empire. This unipolar system that the U.S. had in the 1990s and early 2000s that is now gone with this multipolar world that we're in. So the U.S. is trying to wage war on China in addition to Russia to prevent the creation of a multipolar world. This report at the RAND Corporation noted that the U.S. should conduct contingent, contingency planning with key allies, especially Japan, for a potential war with China. It also called for the U.S. to improve its ability to sustain intense military operations to prepare for war with China. So again, this is from 2016. These plans have been going on for years now. Now, here is an op-ed in The Hill, which is a right-wing pro-Donald Trump media outlet in Washington, D.C., owned by a multimillionaire capitalist media mogul who is a donor to Donald Trump and supporter of Donald Trump. So this is completely bipartisan, obviously. Just as Trump pushed the new war on China and pushed for recognizing Taiwan as an independent country and supporting secessionists, Joe Biden, the Democrat, is continuing the same policies. This is completely bipartisan in Washington. Neoconservative Republicans, Trump Republicans, neoliberal Democrats, even so-called progressive Democrats, they're all preparing for war with China, just as they all are currently supporting the war with the proxy war with Russia. So this article in The Hill is titled, from November 2021, America must prepare for war with China over Taiwan. Who wrote it? Let me go to the bottom here. It was written by David Sauer, a retired senior CIA officer 
who served as chief of station and deputy chief of station in multiple overseas command positions in East Asia and South Asia. So this is a major so-called former CIA agent, former in scare quotes, who oversaw CIA operations in Asia, calling blatantly for a war with China over Taiwan. Now, this article is very revealing because he makes it clear why the U.S. wants to turn Taiwan into a colony, why it's threatening China. And it's not, it has nothing to do with democracy and freedom and human rights and all that nonsense propaganda. He notes, Taiwan is of vital geopolitical importance to the United States. He noted that World War II U.S. Navy Admiral Ernest King described Taiwan as the, quote, cork in the bottle for Japan. He notes, whoever controls Taiwan will control Japan and South Korea's shipping lines. That's what this is about. Control over East Asia, control over the Pacific region, and specifically control over shipping lines in order to make sure that U.S. corporations continue to dominate the planet. He also notes that, importantly, Taiwan is the center for, the, for advanced semiconductor production. The Taiwan Semiconductor Manufacturing Company boasts the most advanced foundry in the world. It produces a large number of semiconductors. And this CIA agent, the CIA official, top-level CIA official, notes that advanced semiconductors are the petroleum of the digital age. So he's saying that basically this new technology, like, like lithium, which is the resource needed for batteries and a lot of technology, that uh, rare earth minerals, lithium, and semiconductors are all the kind of new petroleum. So we have this new kind of, this new kind of race, just as the U.S. is trying to control oil and gas around the world, it's also trying to control semiconductors, Taiwan being the main producer of them, as well as lithium, which is one of the main reasons for the U.S.-sponsored far-right coup in Bolivia in 2019. And, of course, rare earth minerals, which is the U.S. is now waging this proxy conflict with China to try to control rare earth minerals. So this CIA official says explicitly, to deter China, the United States must rapidly build up its forces in the Pacific, continue to strengthen military alliances in the region to ensure access to bases, military bases, in time of conflict, that is for war with China, and accelerate deliveries of military equipment to Taiwan. And he, he notes that, this CIA official notes that Taiwan has been trying to transform itself into a, quote, prickly porcupine with local production of asymmetric weapons, as well as purchases of new U.S.-made weapon systems. Taiwan needs to prepare its people for conflict, he writes, that is for war with China. He also calls for strengthening relations with the Philippines. And there's a new president in the Philippines, Bangmang Marcos, who's the son of the former U.S.-backed right-wing dictator. So we'll see what happens with the Philippines, if it's going to join the U.S. proxy war on China. It's not guaranteed, but it's a possibility. And he also called, the CIA official also called for ensuring the use of U.S. military bases in Japan. That's essential for a war with China. And he called for prolonging effective Taiwan resistance until U.S. military forces can arrive for that war with China. He praised President Biden, noting that on at least three occasions, 
Biden has said the U.S. would defend Taiwan. That is, would militarily intervene and, and start World War III with China. So he calls for the U.S. to reinforce military forces in the Pacific region, work with Taiwan to quickly transform it into a prickly porcupine that can hold out for an extended period of time and ensure that the U.S. has ironclad allied commitments permitting the U.S. to use military bases in allied countries' territory. This is a top CIA official talking about the plans for the U.S. to wage war with China over Taiwan. This is not just my opinion. This is not hyperbole. I'm not chicken little screaming about the sky falling. This is a top U.S. government official from the CIA who oversaw operations in Asia. Now, meanwhile, the U.S. has continued to sell billions of dollars of weapons to Taiwan, which again is part of China as the U.S. technically recognizes on paper. Here's a report in Reuters from December 2020. The U.S. government has so far announced $5.1 billion in arms to Taiwan just in 2022. It notes that's to the anger of China. So obviously the U.S. is doing this intentionally to provoke China. People who, saying, people who say that Nancy Pelosi is not trying to provoke China, the media admits that the U.S. is intentionally trying to anger and provoke China. Here's the Wall Street Journal, the loyal mouth mouthpiece of Wall Street and the billionaire capitalist oligarchs that truly control the U.S. government. Back in September 2022, U.S. set to sell Taiwan $7 billion in arms. Now, this was under Donald Trump. It has continued, of course, under Biden because this is completely bipartisan because both Republicans and Democrats are imperialist warmongers who want a war with China to try to save their decadent, decaying empire. The Trump administration was poised to make a $7 billion arms deal with Taiwan in September 2022, part of an effort to draw closer to Taipei as the Trump administration ratchets up the political and military pressure against China. So this is Wall Street Journal admitting that the U.S. government is the one pushing for a new Cold War. It's the U.S. that is putting pressure on China. The U.S. is the aggressor, not China. The Trump administration was selling cruise missiles, mines, and other military hardware, including drones, sensors, logistics, ground control stations, training, and other military equipment to Taiwan. So that $7 billion deal was in addition to $15 billion of weapons that Trump sold to Taiwan in the four years that he was in office. And that's in addition to the $14 billion that Obama sold in his eight years, his two terms. So that means that basically every single U.S. president in every term, they, they, sell, they sell at least a dozen billion dollars. So Obama in his two terms, $14 billion. Trump, $22 billion. And that's continued under Joe Biden. Here is a report in Turkish media outlet AA on, on a Dolu agency. U.S. makes third arms sale to Taiwan under Biden administration. This is from just a few weeks before Nancy Pelosi took this extremely provocative trip. So this is a bipartisan push for war. Both Republicans and Democrats are pushing for war on China. It's not hyperbole. The U.S. is already waging a proxy war on Russia and now is talking about nuclear weapons for Taiwan, supporting secessionist movements in Taiwan. I should point out that there are people in Taiwan who are protesting this. They don't want to be a puppet 
of the U.S. This is a video of people protesting in the Chinese province of Taiwan today, August 2nd, telling Pelosi F off. This, these are the people, of course, you're never going to see in mainstream Western media. But these are the people protesting. These are the people protesting Nancy Pelosi's trip, saying that they don't want a war, which is what the U.S. is trying to start, referring to local Taiwanese politicians as traitors and puppets of the U.S. We don't need America to treat us as a pawn. They're chanting. These people in Taiwan are chanting. And of course, criticizing Americans. F off, F off. So the U.S. is trying to fight a war with Russia to the last Ukrainian, this proxy war against Russia, as Lloyd Austin, defense secretary, admitted. And now the U.S. is trying to fight a war, a proxy war on China to the last Taiwanese. So the U.S. is threatening China. It's willing to sacrifice Taiwanese people. It's sacrificing Ukrainians. The U.S. empire is threatening peace around the world, waging wars everywhere. I mean, not just the wars on Korea and Vietnam and Cambodia and Laos and uh, Iraq and Afghanistan and Syria and Libya and Yemen and Grenada and Nicaragua and uh, Yemen. I mean, the Syria, I mean, Iraq, again, the second time, the U.S., Yugoslavia, which no longer exists. The U.S. is threatening war everywhere around the world after waging war everywhere around the world. Now it's trying to start World War III. That is not my opinion. That is an objective fact. Read U.S. military documents like the Rand Corporation document. Listen to what U.S. Defense Secretary, former Defense Secretary under Donald Trump, Mark Esper said. Read the American Enterprise Institute calling for giving Taiwan nuclear weapons. Every source I cited in this episode today is a mainstream source from mainstream media outlets and think tanks. And for people who want to find links to all of those, if you're watching the video, I had links at the top of the video. If you're listening to the podcast, in the, the description below, if you're, if you're watching or listening, in the description below, I will have a link to an article at multipolarisa.com that includes all of the sources that I cited in this analysis here. If you want to support this work that I do, please consider going to patreon.com slash multipolarista. Or if you don't want to become a patron, you can support my work, my independent journalism at PayPal or at Locals or at, at um, Substack. You can subscribe. And in order to find those links, you can go to, pay, uh, sorry, you can go to multipolarista.com slash support. Thanks for watching or listening, and I'll see you in the next episode.